I see a lot of women who, you know, maybe they don't care about ripped abs, but they want to feel good in the clothes that they wear and they want to feel proud of who they are and they want to feel confident. So there is a measure of how can I balance my wine nights, eating cookies with my kids because I love that, having snacks at the movies because I want to have that experience with my grandkids or whatever that might be and still maintain a body that I feel really good about. So I I think a lot of times just helping women find the balance of how they want to live their life and all the fun things that life, you know, gets us because we all could be ripped if we wanted to. We just got to give up the wine, give up every piece of sugar, you know, you know, like it's very rigid and not, not many people are willing to do that. It's just not that important to them. Hey there, I'm Amy Connell. Welcome to Graced Health, the podcast for women who want simple and grace-filled ways to take care of themselves, all with a little bit of chocolate. I'm a certified personal trainer and nutrition coach who wants you to know your eating, movement, and body don't have to be perfect. You just need to be able to do what you're called to do. Today's guest, Amy Nicotera, brings applicable. I mean, we get real applicable today, Uh, just applicable ways to move your body after 40, because I know many of you are in your 40s and 50s, as well as offering a different perspective as a fitness professional who battled cancer in 2019. Amy Nicotera is an international fitness presenter and virtual studio owner with over 25 years experience. She holds a BS in nutrition science and master's in health education, numerous certificates. Um, She's the creator of the fitness DVD series, two by two conditioning and take 20, as well as the format E5 collective, which we do talk more about. She has extensive experience creating group fitness programs, and she does consulting, researching and writing for fitness product companies. She is also someone who people like me learn from. So she is the person at the front of the room at continuing education conventions for fitness professionals, teaching people like me. So I just am really grateful for this, uh, this time with her. I love my conversation with Amy today, because it humanizes the fitness professionals. We talk about perspective changes through her cancer, cancer battle, um, finding your own balance, which is different for everyone. And shifting our motivation as we age. And if you are someone who likes a strong takeaway from these conversations, Amy breaks down an ideal week of fitness over 40 to help you function your best. Now, before we bring on Amy, I'd like to remind you of my new book, Your Worthy Body. This is for women who would like their own different perspective on their body, their movement, and their eating. And it uses exercise science and nutrition science all through a lens of faith to break some of these rules from diet culture, maybe some other fitness professionals. Uh, Not Amy, though, that's for sure. (laughs) And really just kind of brings that in to empower you to figure out what is best for you. Okay, let's bring on Amy. Amy, I'm so glad you are here on the Grace Health Podcast. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I was super excited to um, be introduced to you. I have to imagine that probably I would have crossed paths with you doing something or some sort of conference, but since we've all been, you know, 
away from in-person stuff for so long. Um, I actually was introduced to you through my colleague, Pete McCall, who, um, Pete, I don't know if you know this or not, but Pete actually provided an endorsement for the book that I just wrote. And I, I learned, we were talking a little bit about him before we came on. All good things, Pete, don't worry. But we, <laughs> <laughs> um, I really learned a lot from him. So I was super stoked to hear your conversations with him and thought I really wanted to um, bring you on. So I was wondering if we could just start with you sharing your path to becoming a fitness professional. Yeah, sure. I actually started fitness like when I was 17 technically I got certified to teach aerobics when I was that age I was actually nannying for someone when I was a couple years before that entertaining the question what do I want to do when I grow up and she was like you should teach aerobics you're so energetic and you're great with people and you're so fun and you're fit and I thought what's aerobics like I didn't even know that industry. And so I thought, huh, maybe this is a good idea. So I actually started taking classes with some of my mom's friends and I really enjoyed it. I always liked being fit. I would do my own little workouts all the time. And then I ended up taking a course that was an instructor training course in my local area in upstate New York. These two women, specifically one, Judy Terrell, shout out to Judy, still out there um, crushing it. She taught me basically how to teach classes, like everything from musicality to building a class. I took a, a, I think, I don't know how many weeks it was, but it was one of those, you know, weeks, weeks, several weeks courses that prepped you to take a certification, but also gave you the skills to be at, to be able to actually teach in front of a group and create programming. So that was really my start. And I took the AFA primary group certification back in the day. And I started teaching. I went around to local clubs. Some of them had microphones. Some of them didn't, you know, back then. I just started teaching a ton of classes and I taught everything from, you know, high low to body sculpting to step aerobics, actually all the things that I still teach now, even just with (laughs) a little different twist. Um, That was really how it began. One thing led to another. I got a personal training certification. I, I did go to school for two years, not really knowing what I wanted to do. Went back, ended up getting my bachelor's of science in nutrition science, and then a master's of education in health education, or master's of science in health education. I've done corporate wellness. I did the school teaching route. So I actually taught in high schools. I taught in um, South Central LA for like six years, high school health and PE and a few other things. And so I've been in the industry long enough where I've done a lot of different, had had the opportunity to experience a lot of different aspects of the industry from fitness director to, you know, high school health teacher, but all the while still training people and teaching classes. So that's probably the long story short. No, that's great. Actually, there's so many things that I, um, I'm, you know, I take notes when I'm doing this. I mean, you talk about having that mentor in Judy, that makes all the difference in the world. And I had one of those when I first started teaching and she just, she just made me a better person coaching people in general. I mean, it just, and really that, that makes such a difference investing in that. Back to how I was introduced to you, you were talking a lot about um, fitness over 40 and mm-hmm. you are a, a fitness industry leader, um, coaching women. You know, I, I know that you coach all various forms of people, and, but it seems like you do have a real heart for women over 40. 
What do you think is the biggest shift that, um, you know, because my community is like, you know, women 40s and 50s in general. What do you think is the biggest shift from a physical training aspect that, um, and you know what, you've got the nutrition part of it as well. I would love to hear your perspective on that, mm-hmm. um, that, that we need to make when, after we kind of hit that 40, where do we go? Um, what kind of shift should we be making in our workouts and possibly even in our nutrition? Well, I think there's a, a couple different ways to kind of go with this conversation. Number one, I think our priorities shift. Yeah. And there are things that we just start to care less about because we're more mature and we just don't care about certain things. And we really value what's really important to us in our everyday life. So when you align your values with what your goals are, the actions that support each of those are going to kind of come into sync, right? I think it really depends on what people want. What I see as a bigger picture, like a general comment to answer your question, is just that, you know, it gets harder. It gets harder to maintain the body that you had before physically. You're typically restrained by time, right? You you might have a family. If you don't have a family, it does not mean you're busy. You probably have fur babies, right? Or you have a job or you have other family members to take care of. You know, life gets full. So it becomes this balancing act of where stress management is a huge component. So in, we look at the whole picture, right? Are we sleeping? Are we managing our stress? Are we taking care of all of those things that aren't actually physical exercise and, you know, that type of thing? Are we, are we eating to fuel ourselves and to feel great and not in response to some emotional, you know, pattern or something like that? So I think there is a shift people, I think consistency is important. You know, you work out to feel good for mental health, right? For stress management, um, staying consistent is super important. I also think if we just talk about exercise in general, we have to do weight training. I think there's a lot of women that just want to feel the sweat because they're like, I need a release, right? And they're just like, let me get my endorphins up so I can not kill someone today. Yes. Right. And so we like that, but also to get the physical things that we want our body to look like or that we need our bones to be strong, our metabolism to be rocking, we do need strength training. So I think finding a consistent schedule that, you know, gives us what we need and what we want is probably, you know, super important, especially as we age, we get more restricted with time. And, you know, I think we, it's more important to focus on what you're really, what you really value and what your goals are. Oh, that was I love probably it. not a great answer. No, that's I have great. So much that's more great. to say, but I'm I trying know. not to yeah. go on and on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. And I think what you you've really hit on the nail on the head with, you know, what you value and what your goals are. One of the things that I really like about training women over 40 is often they will come to me and say, I just need to take care of myself. I'm not so worried about having, you know, about losing weight or having a particular size body or any like they're they're taking away the exactly. visual aspect of it and more of like just exactly what you're talking about. Like you've got a lot on your plate, no matter what, no matter what your life stage looks like, they're busy, you know, we're busy. And so it's more of like, you know what my, what I'm valuing right now is having a little bit of self-care and taking care of myself and and getting moving. And I love how you talk about with the strength training too, because you know, we grew up with a lot of cardiovascular aerobics mm-hmm. influence And, you know, there were definitely some people who had it right. I mean, like I'm specifically thinking about Kathy Smith. I mean, she was into strength training 
in the eighties. I mean, she was into yoga in the eighties. I mean, she had such a well balanced, um, focus, but not everybody, you know, a lot of me, I mean, like I remember putting the VHS tape in my game room doing a lot of, you know, jumping around and dancing around and moving the hips and yeah, all of that kind of stuff. And I think we get, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then because, you know, well, and then of course I'm like getting off this, anyway, I won't even get into that. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I think, I think you're right. You know, I hear you saying, you know, cardio was something that was kind of the general thing. And I don't want to send the message that it's not great. Like, I, I feel like moving is great. So number right. one, the best thing you can do is find some type of movement or exercise that you enjoy and do it regularly and consistently, you know, and not hurt yourself. Okay. So let's just rein it Amen. in if it's unsafe, yes. <laughs> get it in the safe rain. And then who cares? Do what you like to do if you're going to do it regularly. And then I think, you know, like you just said, you're, you're less focused on a size. You're like, okay, listen, I want to ski with my kids on the weekend. I want to be able to keep up with them or I want to play golf, or I, I want to be able to like run with my dogs or get down on the floor and get back up again without having to hold on to everything. So can I train for what I like to do, right? If I like to do these things, let's just make sure I'm fit and feeling good and injury-free so I can do the things in life that I enjoy with the people that I want to be with, right? So I, I definitely see that shift. And I, I think like, I love cardio, you know, and I, I, I mix it up, of course, but don't, don't kick it out. Cause you, cause you, you know, you love it, but you think, I don't want to do it too much. Just do your thing. Keep it going. Right. Whatever you do, don't stop. Right. Oh yes. I'm 100% in alignment with you. And yeah, really great points. Great points. And really what I hear you saying is like, find something that keeps you moving that you love doing. You know, I always say that brings you joy. Strength training is a great thing to add on if you're ready for that next step. Um, and it, you know, and it's, a lot of it's a balancing act too, right? Cause we don't want, you know, we don't want to overtrain our bodies. We don't want to overstrength yeah. train, but there's definitely yeah. something to like just having them puffing and sweating and, and all of that. Yeah. But then also getting to the point that it's like, Oh, we actually, we don't have to just be drenched in sweat at the end of our workout for it to be effective. And I think exactly. that is a big mind shift for a lot of women our age is, you know, Oh, wait a minute. I can do mobility. Yeah. And I might or, not be sweating craze. Yeah. Or I didn't feel like I was going to die. That doesn't mean it wasn't a great workout. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And one thing agree. I think over my years that I've learned and what I've come to value is that I've always done personally different things. Like I always taught different kinds of classes. I always, you know, had different interests and always trained you know, with in different modes, there was never one time where I was just like running every day. And that was all I was doing. And I think it's really, we know now that that's actually what builds a resilient body, right? This variability. So the more things that we can do and kind of tap into and get us excited and like, go for it, you know, explore, have fun. Yeah, I completely agree. I think a lot of times for people who maybe are more type A, or I'm going to, get in a plan and follow the plan and do, 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 that we can get overly focused on that and not allow ourselves that variability, which also is really great for the mind. It's like, oh, I'm going to mm-hmm. do something new today and something different. Mm-hmm. And I understand, like I have a client who just joined a Pilates gym one month membership. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Amy, I don't know. I don't know. And I was like, you can do this. You just have to give it three times. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to really like it. But you know, like allowing yourself that awkward period, I think is yeah. really helpful as well. Yeah. I agree. And I mean, 
I'm sure we'll touch on this later, but just getting out of your comfort zone is like, there should never be a time when you're not willing to do that. And it, it, and it permeates every aspect of our life, right? Because that's where the magic happens. You got to go there to get the magic, find right. the joy. <laughs> yeah. You don't get stronger in any way if you're not stretched, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Correct. What other cliche can we come up with? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It doesn't challenge you. It doesn't change you. No. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay. So I typically stay away from like getting super specific in things for particularly in workouts for what you just said, like just get out there, just get moved, just get consistent. However, I think that sometimes people appreciate some guidance Mm -hmm. in terms of like, well, what should I be doing? Okay. You're telling me to move, but you're telling me that, you know, variability is key. How would you, if someone came to you and said, okay, Amy, I, you know, I'm wanting to get like a balanced workout. I'm wanting to kind of cover all my bases. I'm 50 years old. What should I be doing? I love this. Um, I think let's just say a typical person's going to make formal exercise five days a week, right? And we'll pretend they just do fun things on the weekend that they love that are active, okay? <laughs> so I would say two to three days, you get some strength training in. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that is, I don't care if it's like warrior sculpt where you're like doing yoga with weights or if it's traditional tra- strength training. Um, whether it's training with a personal trainer because you need that guidance or it's taking a class like whatever is out there, some kind of strength training class, but you should be doing that two to three times a week, right? Um, also, you you do need cardio. You need to be u- doing cardiovascular activity that gets your heart working at different intensities. So maybe one one day you do a HIIT workout. Maybe it's a class that's called HIIT. Maybe you do running intervals or walking intervals, right? So you have to get that heart rate up and then the other days, do I would say do what you love. Maybe it's a dance class, right? Or if you're inclined that way, mix it up, get some cardio, make sure you're working out at different intensities, get two to three days of strength, and don't forget about recovery and mobility. So whether that's a yoga class, I mean, you can do it every day, right? You could have a little stretching routine um, that you do at the end of your workouts, but just make sure you have a nice you know, complete program. And the best way to do that is exactly hire a trainer, help them sit down with someone and help get help mapping that out for you. And it it does get specific because it's specific to your needs. You know, there's some, I'm kind of quickly mentioned it before, but over 50, that's when we start to, you know, lose our balance if we're not using it. We, we struggle with getting up off of the floor, right? Ground to standing work. Like yeah. these little things, we want to make sure that we're maintaining. So if we have a cohesive program that includes things like functional movements, you know, that word is overdone, but what it means is things that we actually do in life. Like no one stands up and just curls things. Like there's no life move <laughs> like that. There is no life move that's a lateral shoulder raise. There just isn't. It's something right. else mixed in with that, right? So right. when we think about uh, the way we train, you know, think about, what what we're trying to keep going or keep maintaining in our life, you know, and train that way. Yeah. Yeah. Moving your body in a way or training your body in a way that you move it in a general, yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is like every plane of motion, different directions, you know, doing different things. Um, Yeah. So, you know, in your trainer or 
yeah, it's so important. And if you don't want to work with a trainer, I don't think that's a bad thing. So mix it up. Do two strength, do a few cardio days, do a few mobility days. And they don't have to be just days of this, you know? So we get so caught up on, I'm going to the gym to do cardio. Well, could you actually get your heart rate up while you do some weights? Hey, what a concept, right? <laughs> so I, I would encourage people to mix it up, but make sure you're doing a variety of activities. Yeah, I, I completely agree. You know, it's funny you talk about that ground to standing. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with that study out of Europe that l- predicted the predictors of longevity. And that was like the number one predictor of longevity as being mm-hmm. able to get up off the ground without using your knees, without using your hands. And it's funny, I put that in my book and I've had more people talk to me about that study. (laughs) They're like, I just had to try doing it because it is something that everybody thinks they can do until they actually try and do it. And it's like, oh crap, I'm actually not as good at this as I thought I was going to be. Yeah. Well, and some people will say, well, why? Well, to get from the ground to standing There is a measure of flexibility and a measure of strength that is needed to be able to do that well and balance and coordination. So that measure, having at least whatever that is to get up, is actually correlated to decreased mortality rates. So you got to get up, right? Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you see, um, as you work with clients over 40, what kind of motivation changes? I mean, we talked a little bit about Mm -hmm. that. But, you know, when I was in my 20s, my goal and everyone else around me who was my age, our goal was like, get super fit, right? Get the six pack abs, get the great Mm -hmm. arms, get the whatever it was, it was all visual, it was all external. And I know my shift has definitely changed in a lot of different ways. And I'm wondering if um, what kind of motivation shifts you're seeing in women over 40? Well, I think there's, you know, you never lose the feeling like you want to feel good about yourself and you want to be confident. So there are, I see a lot of women who, you know, maybe they don't care about ripped abs, but they want to feel good in the clothes that they wear and they want to feel proud of who they are and they want to feel confident. So there is a measure of, you know, hey, let's, how can I balance my wine nights, eating cookies with my kids because I love that having snacks at the movies because I want to have that experience with my grandkids or whatever that might be and still maintain a body that I feel really good about. So I I think a lot of times just helping women find the balance of how they want to live their life and all the fun things that life, you know, gets us because we all could be ripped if we wanted to, we just got to give up the wine, give up every piece of sugar, you know, you know, like it's very rigid and not, not many people are willing to do that. It's just not that important to them. You're all going to, you end up in, you know, your coffin, you might look ripped, right. Or you look maybe happy. I don't know. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like at that point, it doesn't matter how good you look. It's the experiences that you have. So I think really tapping into, you know, what makes people happy. So most of the motivation, like your question asked is like, how can I live my life in a way that's fulfilling but still, you know, be at a weight that I feel comfortable with. That makes me feel, I feel good in my clothes. I can wear a bathing suit if I want to and, you know, play with my grandkids at the beach or whatever the situation might be. So I I think those, those are definite shifts, right? We, we're not so worried about, we realize that 
no one cares if you have a six pack, actually. They, they just really don't. I mean, <laughs> at yeah. some point in time, like that's the least, like the least desirable quality in a friend. <laughs> you know? It's like, it doesn't have any measure into your quality of relationship. It's so true. It's true. Yeah. So I think we realize that it comes with maturity, but that's, that's the answer. Um, and I think, like I mentioned before, people get a lot more into, you know, what I want to do. Like I, they get scared. I couldn't keep up with so-and-so or I now want to play golf and I can't eat, my back is jacked. I can't even rotate. Right. Or I want to be able to play with my grandkids on the floor, play a game. And I want to be able to get up and not feel like I can't. So I think a lot of these motivations are for just life. Like I want to be able to move well, not be injured, move well with the least amount of pain as possible every day to do the things that I like to do with the people that I like to do them with. And I I think that's the biggest shift. And I I, I do think people still want to look good. Like most women, you know, they do get frustrated, you know, they feel fat or they don't like this pooch here or whatever. Okay. Well, if you're motivated enough and you don't like it enough, you'll do something about it. But it honestly, nothing's going to change until you really want that to change. And it takes work. So if you're willing to do the work, then you can get the result you want. But those are the tough conversations that you have to have, you know? You've got, I love how you say, you know, it kind of goes back to what you were talking about at the beginning with what do you value and what's mm-hmm. important to you? Because you know what I'm not going to give up is sitting outside with my husband at sunset with a bottle of wine on a Friday night. You like, and like not. most every other girl out there. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like that is just such a sacred time to me. And I'm, I'm not going to give that up. And it might yeah. be that, you know, you that don't impact. have a six pack. You're only going to have, have a two pack, pack Amy. <laughs> But that's the reality, that's right? Fine. Yeah, like I'm cool with that. I mean, yeah. no, because yeah, to your point, like be, having a six pack doesn't make you a better friend. I love that. I'm totally right. going to quote you on that. Go that's for great. it. I don't know. I just came up with it now. Maybe there's more. <laughs> we can add that to the list of things. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be my next book. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, one of the things that you have shared about is that you um, that you battled breast cancer in 2019. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I would love to hear, so I bring this up for two reasons. One is I would love to hear how that pr- um, has changed your perspective about health. And then two, I think it's just worth noting that, you know, we can do all of the things, right? Like we can eat well, we can exercise, we can, and that still happens. Like I think sometimes because there's so much science that supports, you know, eating your antioxidants and having your dark blueberries and all of these things can help prevent cancer. Like you're doing that most of the, you know, like you are really a, a, a strong example of, you know, just balanced, good health. And yet you still had that. And so I think it's important to recognize that kind of stuff as like sometimes like crap happens, right? And it's not because you weren't doing your part. It's just because that happened. So I just think that that is something that's important to remember, you know, as we're getting older and as, I mean, we can do what we can do to prevent it, but you know, it happens. (laughs) But anyway, I would love to hear how that changed all of your perspective on health. That was actually going to be my main point of my answer. (laughs) But that's great. No, I have more to say. So you said all that. But I remember telling my little brother who you know, he's not little, 
he's an adult, but he actually had testicular cancer when he was in his twenties and he's fine. But as you know, when I told him in 2019, Hey, you know, I have cancer. He was like, Oh gosh, now all these obese people and these people that don't work out and eat like crap are going to be like, see, even she got cancer. It doesn't matter. And it was just hilarious because it's so true. It's like, you can do all of the things and still you know, have something not great happen to you. But the thing is, is that you mitigate your risk, right? right? So the idea is do everything you can that's in your control. And then what you don't have control over, you deal with. And I will say um, a couple interesting things about my cancer journey was that I, number one, I was in good shape. I was actually training to run the New York and the Chicago marathons at the time. I was diagnosed in August. The races were uh, November and October. I, um, ironically, my sister had gotten into New York and that's a lottery mm -hmm. and a bunch of us put in and we didn't get it. So I was like, well, you're running New York because you got in. So what do I got to do to get in? I'll raise some money. So I raised money for, for Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. So the Fred's team. So I raised money for them and it was just ironic because here I am. I ran the marathon. I was going through chemo. My doctors were like, you're really going to do that? And I was like, well, yeah. Can you just give me some of those little steroid pills you, you give me before every chemo treatment? But uh, all, all seriousness, I like kept training. And I think for me, so basically I ran two marathons while I was going through chemo treatment. At the time, it didn't seem like such a big deal. But now that I think about it and say it, I'm like, eh, I guess that's pretty cool. But one of the things is I... It gave me focus and I didn't want this cancer to have the power over me. It kind of like gave me my power back. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there is a lot of research on physical act. Well, there, there's not a lot. There's a significant amount, let's just say, a physical activity in cancer. And the research does show that for a variety of reasons, substance that are released when our muscles contract can actually attack tumors. Also that when we exercise, most tumors thrive in a low oxygen or hypoxia environment. And when we're exercising, we're increasing circulation of oxygen throughout our body, which seems pretty obvious, but it has to do with like the tumors literally won't thrive as much. That's what they find. Also, of course, they find better mindsets, better quality of life, even during recovery less chances of recurrence. So there's a lot of really great research that correlates to better cancer outcomes when physical activity is happening during treatment and better quality of life or perceived quality of life even after cancer treatment. So it was kind of like with every step I ran, I chopped that tumor down. And I did, I did kind of have that in my mind and the mind is powerful. Yeah. And I really think that's a part of my successful journey. Like I, I, didn't have surgery right away. I found a lump and I had a lymph node infected and it was in, it was invasive. So I, I ended up having a bilateral mastectomy and five lymph nodes removed. Um, and when they went in to look, there was no evidence of tumor, like none. Right. And so thankful to research. Now I'm actually training to run the Boston Marathon, raising money for Dana, Dana Farber Cancer Foundation, who, or Cancer Institute, who like got me through my treatment. But like there was no evidence of that due to the fact that I had great treatment and I responded well to it. But I'm also going to say like, you know, what if I wasn't as fit? What if I wasn't as able? And what if I wasn't in as great condition when that adversity struck? How would I have dealt that? 
or dealt with that, right? So that's another reason, like get in the best possible shape that you can, like physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. So you know what? You're ready. We can't prevent anything. But when adversity strikes, we're like, oh, yeah, bring it. I'm ready, right? I, I really I feel can do that hard way. Things. And yeah, yeah, I can do, I, I just had a shirt on today that said hard things. Yeah. It's hard. Do it anyway. Like seriously, my motto is minimal drama. Min- like we all have something to cry about. I'm going to sound heartless, but shut your face and just get going. Right. <laughs> like that's seriously what I want to say It's a place for whining, but enough of it. And let's just take, make progress, keep making forward progress. So it changed my perspective and a real appreciation for what we consistently do day to day and how we are able to deal with adversity when the time comes due to what we've built along the way. So all those naysayers, it does matter. It matters how you are ready to confront your adversity, your mindset to deal with it, and your ability to tolerate pain, discomfort, you know, chemo destroys you, right? How how can you tolerate that? If you're in your best fighting, you know, like shape, you're going to be able to fight better. And not everyone has, you know, it's not all in our control, but it's going to give you more power to at least do that. And sometimes I feel bad, like, why, why was I the lucky one? I can list a lot of reasons. Well, maybe I was, but there's a lot of people that don't have that, that are still in great shape, but you still do the best you can with what you have to work with in light of your adversity. So that's that. I, I, I think it's changed me and like it puts things into perspective. Again, like who cares about the six pack? You can still get cancer, right? <laughs> yeah. So why don't we just enjoy life and do things that we want to do that are fun and keep us healthy and ready? Like it's, it, it, it just puts things into perspective. Like what is really valuable? Are you spending time with your family? Are you worried about like the cookie you ate or the fact that you got to hug your son again, right? right. I, I don't know. It's... It just made me a little bit less. I mean, I'm, I'm empathetic. We are, are all fighting our battles. Don't get me wrong. But I do think there's like, let's focus on the important stuff. A lot of the stuff that happens in life and in the world is just blah, 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 right? <laughs> like, come on. Well, and what you were saying a second ago really gives a fuller definition of training to me, right? Like, yeah, we're Mm -hmm. training our body and we're training our heart, but we're also training our mind to fight through things. And we're training, you know, our, our, I think it, it works all together and there's anyway, so that just, it makes me think it's like, you know, you're training. Yeah. For strength or to run Boston, which by the way, congratulations. Cause I know that's Thank a really you. huge deal to do. Um, Thank you. you know, and you're training for that, but at the same time that will also help you prepare for whatever life throws at you yeah, and exactly. And being able to endure that better. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, and I'm sitting here doing the math. So you had a, you had like a two year old at the time. Yeah. Like, yes. That's he was like he turned three. Well, three. yeah, he was three. Wow, he was three, right? Yeah, three. He turned, and then he turned. Yeah, it was. He didn't even know I was sick. Wow, like he knew I went to the doctors, but he was kind of too young to to even realize. You know? Yeah. Wow. That, yeah, it was. That's he hard. Didn't though. Know that any differently? Well, and when and especially when they're so young, they don't know. They still need everything. It's not they're like, eh, mom's yeah, not and I, great. I'm gonna back off. Yeah. I had a, I have an amazing family. My parents live nearby. My sister was, is nearby. So like we had a whole team that went to, I did this whole like cold cap therapy. It's, it's out now, but you can actually constrict the um, hair follicles on your head while you're getting treatment to 
help your hair not fall out. And there's a, there's a really legit way to do it at certain locations, but there's a bootleg way to do it where you bring a cooler and you find it online and you wear these cold cap. It worked and my hair didn't fall out, but not that I really cared too much, but I was like, eh, let's try it. Insurance reimbursed me. It was great. So we had this whole thing going. We were like, it's Friday. It's chemo day. Let's go get it. <laughs> got the cooler, got the dry ice. It turned into like kind of a thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was, I'm very appreciative of the sport system that I had yeah. and have. So yeah. Yeah. Team Amy, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, it was that's, great. That's fantastic. I want to go back to talking about kind of a uh, you know, workouts and getting well-rounded workouts and balance and all of that kind of stuff. My community, and I think that this is not just my community. This is a lot of, a lot of people in general, but they'll kind of fall into two camps. One, like I'm doing my own thing. I'm doing the research. I want to find out and I want to figure it out. And, and they like totally geek out of that, uh, over that stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm one of that, but I'm also a fitness professional. And then there's the others who are like, I don't want to think about it. Just, just, just tell me what to do just show up. I just want to show up and follow along. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about, but make sure that we talk about before we get off is your program called E5. Um, for especially, I think, I think it would be great for anyone, but particularly for those who are like, just show me what to do and tell me what to do. So yeah. tell us some about E5 and what you would want people to know about it. Well, E5 Collective is a fitness format. The E stands for explore. The five stands for the five segments of the experience, which make up the whole, the collective. Okay. So the five segments are prepare, endure, engage, push, and recover. They're all action words. We bring those words to life through the movements that we do and the strategies that we put into practice during those phases in the experience. They are transferable skills to life. Yeah. So E5 is based on the scientific pillars of variability, variety in the tools that you can use with the structure, variety in the heart rate intensities of the experience, variety in the movement patterns um, and the planes of motion. So variability is one. The other, the second scientific anchor is cognitive health. We do brain training strategies um, that are research-based to promote cognitive function. Love it. The third is play. We know that if experiences are enjoyable, people are more likely to do them again. And so we integrate play and fun into that experience as well. And then the fourth scientific pillar is mindset. So we do the whole idea of coaching throughout this is to really formulate and foster this growth mindset. Much of what we just talked about on this whole podcast, like this is my creation. So all that kind of mind stuff I put into this fitness experience and it's really about learning to get uncomfortable and be comfortable getting uncomfortable to be able to challenge yourself, to be able to be smart. It's not about the hardest workout ever because E5 collective is not the hardest workout ever. It's probably one of the smartest workouts ever, but um, you work hard sometimes and you don't work hard sometimes and you endure, which implies some suffering. And then you recover, which implies another intensity level. So you, it's about minimal equipment. You can use, it uses one piece of equipment that provides an external load for the experience, but you can use a med ball. You could use a dumbbell, two dumbbells, resistance bands, a variety of tools, vipers. Um, so basically for fit pros, 
it's a training course you can take and you get, you can get trained on how to teach it. It's all online, super accessible, and you can get programming every month. And I tell you what to do. And the thing is, I don't care what you do exactly at what moment you do it. There is a structure if you're really wired that way, or if you're like some of those people that like to do their own thing, you can plug and play and pull that programming to meet your own needs or meet the needs of your clients or participants. So I, it's very inclusive. Um, we coach to, a, we want everybody kind of at the same party, but doing a little bit of different dance. It's all time-based. So you do you in that amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, it, it's specifically designed to be inclusive and meet a wide variety of abilities and fitness levels. And I love how you have incorporated a lot of the science behind it beyond just the the physical or the physiology of it, because that is such yeah. a huge component of it as well. It's kind of like now that I am th- saying it all out loud in this particular moment, all of that, my answer to my breast cancer experience is like, okay, here's this in a nutshell in 45 minutes, a really smart workout that you can do that kind of touches on everything we talked about. Right. Yeah. And it's, I'm not saying it's the only thing you can do, but if you're a trainer and you, you want a good idea, Hey, take it. Like let's share, right. Yeah. You can use whatever you want. If you're a consumer and you just want to take the workout, try the workout. Right. So I feel like it's a, it's a really nice mix to add in. Yeah. No, that sounds like a really great program. Thank you. Um, thank you for sharing about thank that. Thank you. I think it's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. No, I just think that there's so much more to it than, you know, and sometimes too, like, you know, every now and then I'll throw on um, just a, like one of the Apple Fitness Plus workouts, because I'm like, I'm tired of coming up with programming. I just want to do it. And as I watch some of the things, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what you're doing here. And it's not it's not specified, right? Like he's not going, okay, we're doing all of these functional movement, movements today and we're doing a push and then we're doing a pull and then we're doing a hinge. <laughs> but right. there, there's definitely some brain behind it. And I love that, you, I mean, that's what you're talking about. And I love that you expand that even more with the mindset and um, mm-hmm. with the recovery and the play. We need to have fun too. Yeah, yeah, totally. I love mm-hmm. that. I love that. Yeah. Okay, I have two more questions I ask all my guests. Mm-hmm. The first is I really have this thing um, that might be borderline obsessive about at tattoos. <laughs> I don't have any, but what I have found is people who have them often have a story or a meaning behind them. So I was wondering if you had any tattoos, um, if you would be willing to share uh, what it is and what the meaning behind it is. And if you don't, if you had to get one, what would it be and where would it go? Okay, so I do not have any tattoos, but this is going to sound really a little warped, but I do think that I'm never going to get one, but if I was ever to get one, which would be never, so it doesn't even matter, I would probably get like the numbers of like the races that I did, right? So I would do like you know, 26.2, 70.3, 140.3, like half Ironman, Ironman, right? Because I thought in my mind, wouldn't it be cool, like if you died and then people saw these tattoos, they would know that your body like did an Ironman or your body did these things. <laughs> and the reason I think about that is because I've done a cadaver dissection before and you're on, you have, I had, it's an awesome opportunity. If you're fit pro listening and you get a chance to do this, I did it through the Institute of Motion, great learning program and Tom Myers. And I forget the other 
science guy, but we had freshly frozen cadavers. And you were just looking at the body and you're kind of wondering, like, what kind of life did this person have? Oh, you could see in the lungs. Oh, they were a smoker or this. But wouldn't it be better if we just had tattoos of like, I was a, I sat at a desk for most of my life. I did these races. I, you know, it would just give us so much more insight scientifically to what was going on. Yeah. I don't know. That's where that thought came from. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It kind of tells the story of uh, a little bit. Tells, tells a story for life. That's it's, great. it's like your your medical history, your health history kind of <laughs> on your arm, like cliff notes of it or something. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I had never thought about something like that. Um, okay. And then the other one is, do you have a meaningful Bible verse that you would like to share with my community? I do. Um, I think I chose this verse because it's so hard to pick one, right? Yeah, like I know. One that's, you know, hopeful or comforting. But I picked this one because it kind of goes with my doer personality. But it's John 17, 3. And it says, this means everlasting life. They're coming to know you, the only true God, and the one whom you sent, Jesus Christ. And I love that just because, you know, it means our life. Like, what a hope ahead that we could have everlasting life. Mm -hmm. And the importance of knowing God, like, what does it really mean to know someone? We know their name, like God's name is Jehovah. We know, like, you want to be close to someone, you use their name, right? So the importance of like building a relationship with God and knowing the importance of his son, Jesus, and the ransom sacrifice and what that really means for us. So I just love that because it, in, it means we've got to do something, but it's also so hopeful in the same way um, and so loving of God to give us this opportunity. Yeah. Amen. That's fantastic. Thank you for thank you for that one. Okay. So Amy, tell people how they can connect with you, how they can learn more about E5 Collective and all of that kind of good stuff. Awesome. Um, AmyNicotera.com is just my name. And I'm, I'm super, and spell it I'm for people super original. It's different than this Amy. <laughs> oh, it is true. It's A-I-M-E-E. And last name is N-I-C-O-T-E-R-A.com. And then E5 Collective, you can go to that website as well. It's just the letter E, the number five, collective, all mushed together.com, E5collective.com. You can learn how to just take the workout if you're interested or teach the workout if you're a fit pro either or, or if you just want to earn some online continuing education credits, um, you can just take the course and call it a day and get a little extra learning. So that's great. I'd appreciate any support. Yes. Thank yes. you. Well, I will definitely be putting that in the show notes. So go check out Amy and her stuff. You guys, it's really, really good. And I love your, um, the stuff that you put out there on your Instagram feed too. <laughs> oh, just cause I keep doing other people's plank challenges. <laughs> That's my new thing. I'm like, let me see if I can do this. This is fun. It's, you know, that's a great example of how we all need to just spice things up for ourselves sometimes. Mm -hmm. And like, sometimes I look at something, I'm like, I don't think I could do that. And I'm like, then I try it. And guess what? I can. And so I think that's such a good, like learning and maybe we can motivate each other to just step out of our comfort zone, yeah. like literally yeah. do something fun. Yeah. That's a great reminder. Awesome. All right, Amy, thank you so much for your time. This has been so fun. Thanks. 
that was such a cool and uh, just fun conversation. And I'm really grateful for Amy's time coming on. If you are interested in her E5 collective program, or if you're a fitness professional who wants some continuing continuing education credits, head over to e5collective.com. I'll also have that in the show notes. And I will have all of Amy's contact information uh, in the show notes as well. Go follow her over at Instagram. She really does do those little challenges. And it's, it's fun to watch. It's inspiring to watch. And maybe one of these days, I'll do it myself. (laughs) Hey, if you found value in today's show, here are three things that would be really valuable to me. And I do not mean that lightly. This really is helpful when you do it. Number one, rate and review this podcast. I know it can be confusing to do, especially on Apple. So I have a link in the show notes that says click here to leave a review simply. And that's all it is. It's super simple. Number two, sign up to receive my monthly journals. These are not on the internet. You cannot find these anywhere. Uh, But it is a place where I can just show my full my full spectrum personality. And I love doing them each month and getting them into um, into your inbox. So go over to gracedhealth.com slash monthly dash updates, and you can sign up there. Number three, purchase a copy of my workbook, Your Worthy Body, Find Freedom and Health by Breaking All the Rules. This is not a diet book. Instead, it is a cross-cultural grace-filled look at how to change your mindset about our body, eating, and movement. It's all done through a lens of faith, and I would love for you to grab that. Each episode, I try to leave you with one simple thing to remember because I know we cover a lot. And today's one simple thing is sometimes we tend to look at fitness professionals and think they are just physically bulletproof but they aren't. However, as Amy has shown us, taking care of ourselves in a holistic manner that strengthens your physical, spiritual, and mental health can help us battle adversity when it comes. I admire Amy's perspective and just wish her continued health and really hope that I get to meet her in person one day if I ever get back to doing conferences. Okay, that is all for today. Go out there and have a graced day.